Hi, this is Nancy Yerald, and welcome to High Road to Humanity. And I have a Barbara Berger here today. And Barbara is joining us from Copenhagen, Denmark. And welcome to High Road to Humanity. Thank you. I'm Wonderful. so glad you're here. <laughs> Thank you for inviting me. I'm honored to be here. Awesome. <laughs> She's written this book, you guys. And, you know, I was telling her before the show, it's really interesting that somebody in the, on the other side of the world from us in the United States, and I've had a lot of people on from all over the world, but the principles are all coming to be the same. And her book is, although she's got some really cool stuff in here, her book is Healthy Models for Relationships. And nobody's really come about and talked about relationships. It's the basic principles behind good relationships with your partner, your family, your parents, your children, your friends, your colleagues, and all the other people in your life. Yeah, she's got <laughs> <laughs> She's holding it up. It's an awesome book. And I didn't know, Barbara, you've written how many books? I think I'm up to 20 now, actually. I've written really a lot of books for many, many years. So, But, but most of my books have been about um, the, the science of the mind, the power of the mind, uh, understanding mind and consciousness. Mm -hmm. uh, and I have been coaching people for many, many years all around the world. And so this late, this is my latest book, This Healthy Models for Relationship. And it's, it's the result of all my many years of coaching people. Uh, and I have learned over the years that no matter where people are in their spiritual journey and their and the evolution of consciousness, almost everyone has relationship problems. I know. <laughs> well, everybody sit back and relax. I'm going to read a little bit about what we're going to talk about today. And then I'm going to read um, Barbara's bio, but sit back and relax a minute. You know, she says, what do healthy relationships look like? And I think we all are wondering that at this point. Most of the difficulties we face on a daily basis have to do with our relationships. And this is true, be it with our partners, families, children, parents, or with our friends, neighbor, or colleagues at work. And this is why most of us really want to know how we can get how we can best get along with other people. And that's what we're going to talk about today. You know, that's, I'm giving a quick gist, but that's it. Now, Barbara is an American, she's American born, so I can hardly wait to hear your story. She's the best-selling author of 15 self-empowerment books. After Barbara left the U USA to protest against the Vietnam War in the 1960s, she settled in Scandinavia and continued her quest to learn more about the science of the mind, spirituality, and psychology. Today, she gives workshops and coaching to help her clients harness the power of their minds. And like I said before, before she lives in Copenhagen, Denmark. You know, tell us your story. I mean, you, this is an interesting one. I mean, I couldn't wait to hear. Where were you born and raised? And at what? I grew up in Washington, D.C. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. <laughs> wow. What a trip. They found some cocaine. They found some cocaine in the White House. That's the big news. FYI. <laughs> Sorry. They don't know whose it is. We kind of do, but they're not telling us. Anyway, I had to get that. <laughs> So I have to hear that one more time. What did you just say? <laughs> what did you do? They found because they found cocaine in the White House. You heard this, right? I heard that. Yes, of course I heard it. But they well, it wasn't it wasn't you and it wasn't me, right? So <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, talk to us. So you grew up in Washington. Mm -hmm. the, obviously you grew well, up. Well, the short the short version is um my father was a top guy in the pentagon a military man and really 
when I was a young young girl, I had a boyfriend, and it was in the beginning of the Vietnam War, and he got drafted. Oh wow! And, um, and so we were against the war in Vietnam, and I ran away from home, and we we went underground. We were underground for several years. Oh my God! The, ar the army was there. I mean, it was in the beginning of the Vietnam War. There weren't that many. It became a huge protest movement eventually, but we were sort of. In you the were the beginning. Time. Yeah, we were in the beginning. Oh my and God! So, so well, the short version is of the first. So we decided to go to Europe, and we came to England, and we got deported back to the United States. And oh, you we did. Went, uh, yeah, and then we go went to Canada, and it was that was eventually lots of American young guys. They went to Canada, but we must have been the first ones because there was no one there, <laughs> and it was cold. And we decided that you know we would go back to New York again, where we were living, but uh, it was too dangerous for Steve, um, and so we decided that the last place we could go to was Mexico, and oh my so. God. And so we we hitchhiked from from New York City to to Mexico City. It took us about three weeks. And when we got to Mexico City, um, and it, to just admit, this is a short version of, but we had been on the run for one and a half years by the time we got to to Mexico City. And we arrived there. We didn't speak Spanish. <clears throat> we only had one hundred and fifty dollars in our pockets. We didn't know anyone. Um, and I mean, I was just a young kid at that time. How old were you? Barbara. I was uh when we first came there, I was 19. Yeah. Uh and you so thought you knew it all, but you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> and so on the very first day we arrived in Mexico City, we didn't know what to do, where to go. We we ended up in the middle of the, Mexico City is a huge, huge place. We ended up in this park in the middle of the city, and we were sitting on a bench, just sort of staring into nothingness, not knowing what to do. And I remember I noticed that there was this very special looking man sort of going around and he was a tall, thin guy. He looked sort of like he came out of a Dostoevsky novel and he had this a big thing of paper and he was sketching people in the park. Okay. And then finally he came over to Steve and I and we were still sitting on this bench and he asked if he could draw our faces. He said, you're very beautiful, can I sketch you? And we said, sure, go ahead. So he sat down on the grass before us and uh, he had this big block of paper and he was sketching us. And then suddenly he put it down and he looked at us and he said, what are you doing here? And up until that point, we never told anyone the truth. We always said, you know, we were students, we were studying, we were visiting relatives or whatever. But for some reason, again, the divine mind was at yeah. I said, I suddenly, it was me who said, I suddenly blurted it out, you know, that we were on the run from the U.S. Army and we didn't have any money and we didn't know what to do and we were afraid and and just, I said it all. And this guy, he just sat there and listened. Yeah. And then he looked at us and he said, I'm from Sweden. I'm a pacifist and I think you're doing the right thing. So I will take you home with me to Sweden and I will take care of you. Oh, don't be afraid anymore. And so he did. And it turned out that he was a very famous Swedish painter. And his brother was a very famous journalist in Sweden's biggest newspaper. And so when we came to Sweden, we became minor heroes, you could say, because we were sort of the younger generation of Americans who were against the war in Vietnam. And Sweden at that time was a neutral country. 
and they were very much against the Vietnam War. Mm -hmm. And so <clears throat> we sort of became spokesmen or representatives for the youth in America, the youth re revolution. And at the same time, I was so traumatized by all this. So I started writing down for my own sake, as a kind of therapy for myself, what had happened to us on this journey that we had been on. And I, so I was just writing this. And then one of our friends who kept coming over and seeing me write, <laughs> write he asked me one day, what are you doing? And I said, I'm, I'm just writing down the, about what happened. And he said, journaling. You were journaling. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. And he said, can, can I read it? And I said, sure. So he took it, this guy, he took the what I had written. But then without me knowing it, he gave it to one of Sweden's biggest publishers who decided to print it. Oh my gosh. Barbara. So I was only 20 years old and I suddenly became this famous writer. The book was published in Sweden and Denmark and North. And so I became sort of a spokesperson for the youth revolution and the, all of that stuff. So that's how I came to Denmark. That's the short. Wow. Story. I just want to sit down and have coffee with you and, and hear all the good stories. This is awesome. <laughs> but actually, but yeah. actually I, I just wrote another book about the, this is a longer version, uh, which is uh, is my autobiography, which starts with this story that I'm telling you now and about oh, this God. journey and all of that stuff. So, but you can people can buy all these books on my website if they're interested. I'm gonna have to have you back for this one because that's <laughs> like a show in itself. Well, I yeah. need to ask you a question because as you're talking about this, I'm thinking. Did you come back and see your parents? Did you let your mom and dad know where you were? I mean, they had to have been, even though you were 19, 20 years old, they still had to have been worried about you. It's complicated. I, I, the, you could say the connection between um, the book that we're talking about and my own childhood and my own background. It wasn't so much, I had already run, run away actually before this with the Vietnam War because I came from a very dysfunctional family. Uh, and even though my father was a, a top military man, it was my mother who was the the petty tyrant in the family. Was she a narcissist? <laughs> Definitely. And my father was a non-assertive man. So so he never he never took care or or, or had healthy. So my and many of the things that I have learned from my own experience. <laughs> I figured. I figured. You know what? And I'm going to tell you this, and we're going to talk about, we're going to get into this, but I, I did write down on my notes at one point, narcissist empath, because I'm an empath. My mom was a narcissist, but they were our greatest teachers. Absolutely. But it's the negative example. <laughs> Teaching by negative example. I would much rather see if I can do it with positive. Positive example. reinforcement. Right. <laughs> Well, and you go through this book and you say that you give us the basic principles behind good relationships. Mm -hmm. And one of the first things that you say, I really love that you, that you were bringing back, you're bringing back values because you say every person has equal worth and equal rights, which is true. And it's almost like, and I want you to address this because I but, feel but like. I, I'm just to sort of go back and, and to sort of a little bit more of an overview. Uh, what what I learned from coaching and, and, and doing therapy with people over many, many years, um, I found out that, as I said to begin with, that, that everyone has relationship challenges to some degree. Right. But what I, what, I, what, what I found out was that 
in order to help people, I found out that my, my concept, if I could define a healthy model, in other words, if I could outline, which is what I do in the book, what does a healthy couple relationship look like? Look what like, does a healthy right. parent-child relationship? If I could outline what a functional, healthy, respectful relationship looks like, then when people came to me, I found out if they had a problem in their relationship, then they could take their own relationship and, and hold it up to the healthy model. And it made it much easier for people to identify where the problem was. Because everybody who comes to me, they they know that they feel some kind of discomfort. They know that something is bothering them, but they right. often can't really identify what it what, is. What it is exactly. Okay. And so, in other words, if you could identify that it's a lack of healthy boundaries or it's a lack of constructive, respectful communication, if you could, could define what was off, then you could actually do something about it. So that's sort of how the, the concept behind this book yeah. was. It came sort of naturally out of my own work with people. Right. But then the next thing is, apropos your question, the healthy models, they're all based on the basic democratic principles, which again is that each person has inherent worth. Right. In other words, if you if you go back to the Declaration of Independence, that famous um, that famous I have it here, we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men and women are created equal. Yes. That they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights. Among these are the life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. So with that, that is the sort of the foundation statement of democracy. Mm -hmm. And in a democratic society, each person has inherent worth. In other words, supposedly, has we have one person, one vote in, in a democratic society. In other words, you, you have a right to have your voice Heard. It doesn't matter how yeah. rich or poor you are, black or white, young or old. So, so, so that is sort of the fundamental platform. And then I ask in the beginning of the book, well, okay, how well are we doing in our family relationships, in our partnerships, in terms of these principles? So that's the, the basis of all the models and chapters in the book, trying to compare healthy to unhealthy, functional to dysfunctional. Well, what I see in the world, and it's interesting that you talk about, um, is that we have lost respect for each other. And really problematic. <laughs> you, well, no, it's huge. First of all, you know, I just want to, I'm so glad you're addressing it. I've, I've addressed it, but there aren't a lot, many people that really talk about it. I always think about, you know, um, what's her name that does the song, R-E-S-P-E-C-T, you know, because... <laughs> Yes. We don't, we don't even respect, like I went to the movies yesterday. <laughs> I'll just give you a little example. I mean, you can't go anywhere without people just being crazy, you know? So I decided to go to the movies. I wanted to go see the new movie, The Sound of Freedom. Mm -hmm. which, if you haven't seen it, you need to see it. And I'm going to do it. Okay. Yes. Mm -hmm. Sound of Freedom. And so I get there and it, the place is pretty packed, but I decide to kind of go down front so I don't like interrupt people. So I go down this aisle and this lady's like, oh my God, don't trip over my leg. And I'm like, I'm not going to trip over your leg. I just want to sit down. But it's like, and the same thing going out, but it's the same, you know, people think they're the only one. I'm the only one here. I am the most important. And 
that is what our society has become. I bring this little analogy <laughs> up for that reason, because it's like, whatever happened to, oh, yes, let me let you in. Common courtesy. Oh, I'm so glad to see you. Oh, hello. What happened to that? What happened to the kind smile or the the welcoming? You well, know? I guess the only thing that we have to work with, as I say to everyone, getting real about the human condition, we can only do the best that we can where we are with who we meet. So in other words, that we have to embody the respect, the love, the kindness that we would like to see. I mean, that's- From others. That's yeah. yeah, exactly. That's our job. That's your job. That's my job. I mean, that's all yeah. I do every single day. But well, what, yeah. but we cannot get inside other people's heads and c control their level of consciousness, their, their psychological, spiritual development. That's beyond us. Right. But, but when you talk about in this book, I love so much, and I don't want to interrupt your train of thought, but it's you know, people have become doormats. You even talk about this people pleasers, not standing up for themselves, you know, mm. and it almost feels like people just need to embody their own power again. Mm. What do you think, Barbara? Well, again, one of the chapters is about, I mean, I have a lot about boundary violations and then what, so what, what do we do about it? In other words, so the learning to be assertive, learning to have healthy boundaries, learning how to, 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 have healthy self-defense in these situations that you're talking about. That's something that most of us have not learned and that we need to practice. So I have a lot of tips and ideas. And, and so, and when people come to me for, for sessions, a lot of them are, are people pleasers or whatever they are. And we work on, first of all, what are, what are the underlying beliefs behind this behavior that we have to clean up? But then once we have done that, then I try to help train them into being assertive and healthy self self defense and doing this in a constructive kind way. Right. Uh, it's really difficult to learn to be assertive because we haven't learned that. Right. And I want to bring something up and I brought it up a little bit earlier. I feel like, and I just want to get your, cause you talk to a lot of people and I want to get your feel for this and you're in a different place. I see a lot of empaths and a lot of narcissists and mm -hmm. Feel like it's because we're here for a reason. The empaths are supposed to wake up, be take their power back, and establish boundaries. And the narcissist force them to do that. <laughs> what do you think about this? I mean, that's what I see. What do you think? Well, the thing that I would say that, that I use this model in several of my books that that that, that we have we have to understand that the, the levels of consciousness that people are each soul is on their own evolutionary journey right and if, if you look at the levels of consciousness from from the from the most as you, you're talking about people who it's all about me and 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 that's a low level of consciousness people right. who have not evolved yet to the point where they have empathy they can see that there are other people around them that they can be considerate and so on so if you if you look at realistic i i call my approach getting real so if we're realistic about the human condition, as a it's it's not a criticism, it's just a, an acknowledgement that the higher up in consciousness you go, it's kind of like a pyramid. Mm -hmm. The less people there are. I know. Oh my God. But the other thing, there's another important thing, and that is that the higher levels of consciousness are more powerful than the lower levels. Well, so sure. yeah. So, so so the frequencies of of, of love, kindness. Uh, thankfulness, uh, gratitude, compassion, and all, they're, they're high frequency energies. 
And so even though you could say that the number of people who are on the lower levels far outweighs the number of people on the higher levels, the higher levels are the more powerful ones. So, so it's, it's someone like you who's so aware of these things, it's your responsibility to embody all of the things that you know in all of these different situations. Yes, you know what? And it's taken me a long time. <laughs> As you're telling, I have to tell you something. I used to be, I'm such a spitfire. Of course, I'm older now. But when I was younger, if people would make me mad. I would just like, oh, screw you and la, 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 la. Now I'm so evolved. I'm like, oh, well, God bless you. <laughs> you know? And I mean it. I totally mean it. But you're well, right. again, if we, if we go back to, to, the, to the observations about the nature of consciousness, so yeah. it, it makes it easier to clear this up. Okay. In other words, it, it's it's important to understand that every soul, first of all, when we're reincarnated, as a, the, the level of consciousness we have when we leave the body, when we, we come back into a new body, we, we start, that's what the Buddhists say too, we start where we left off. You don't go back to the beginning every time. Okay. And so, so where you start, um, that's sort of your your platform. And so when you've had all these experiences that you've already had, then you start here. And, but then in each lifetime, it's also important to understand that when we come into this baby body and we're in a family, every child gets programmed from day one with the belief systems of their parents. Right. So, so we get all this information, um, good, bad, who's right and who's all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And so it's important to understand that Everyone that we meet has a, they're going, everyone's in their own subjective bubble with their programming, what they've learned, the level of consciousness they came in. So, so, so every person is different and it's really, really important in terms of what, what is it that we can do something about and what is it we can do nothing about. We have to understand that we can't get inside of another person's head and control the way they think and feel. Right. But, but when we have said that, it's still important to understand. So you can say, what is it that I can't change? And what is it that I can change? What can I do something about? And what can I not do anything about? And, and the thing that's so important to remember is you can always do something about your own frequency, about your own point of view, and you're the one who makes the choice. I always say to clients in every situation, no matter what happens, you always have the choice of how you're going to relate to what's going on. Are you going to focus on all the negative, everything you don't like about it? And that's a a low frequency. And because of law of attraction, you will get more of that. Or are you going to focus on the potential, what you can do to improve it, the, the positive aspect? And then that's another frequency and you will attract according to that. So we we have a lot of freedom within what what where we are and what we're doing. And we should never underestimate the value of what we're doing. Right. You know, I love that you put in the book, the serenity prayer. <laughs> yes. I As you were talking about this, I wrote, I wrote it down and it's been so long. You know, I had one of my first mentors used to put this on her business card <laughs> and it says, God, if everybody knows this, God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change courage to change the things I can and the wisdom to know the difference. And that's exactly what I was just talking about, the wisdom to know what we can do something about and what we can't do anything about. And when we know that, when we're clear about that, there's so much we can do something about. 
Right, because we can make a choice. Do I expose myself to this or do I put up boundaries and move forward and Mm -hmm. do for me? You know, I think a lot of people forget about themselves. And you talk about that in here. You talk about self-care and Mm self-love. And I'm bringing that up because I just think a lot of people go along with, um, you know, the flow and they accept things where maybe they shouldn't. Do you know what I mean? Like, what do I want? What do I really want instead of going along? And you talk about this in the book. Well, actually, there's a chapter about the what I call the inner compass. Uh, and, and that refers to, I've written, a, that's one of my many books. Uh, it's called Find and Follow Your Inner Compass. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and this is, a, a, again, in other words, so many people, I, I call it the difference between self-referral and other referral. Most people have been programmed again from from childhood to please other people. So their antennas are they're listening to you know what does mom want, what does dad want, how do I make my teachers happy, how do I make my friends happy, and social media has not helped this. No, it has not. <laughs> and so, but then then there's self. What I call self referral is that when you go in and you you work on your own connection to your higher power. And you you try to, that's what I mean by the inner compass. Am I in harmony with, with God's plan for me? Not with my mother's plan for me or my father's plan for me or my friend's plan. And that takes a lot of courage in today's society. But that's actually also where our power is. When you're in alignment with your higher self, with, with the God force in you, amazing things happen. Yes. Yes. <laughs> it's true. I can attest to that. I can attest to that because, you know, God takes care of us and we just have to know that and believe it and connect. And I think the more we connect with the divine, and this is what I really push a lot of Barbara, and I don't want to get into it, tons of it, but I teach the audience to connect with the divine every day. I tell them to bring in that light, to run the light through. I tell them to bring up the light from mother earth, because once you connect, it's like plugging in, it's like plugging in your computer. It is, it is. You know, and I just, I, I don't know how I can get this, if we could all just plug in. And not worry about, you know, what other people think and forget but, about it. Uh, but again, it's for most people today, it's because they've lost the connection to begin yes. with. And yes. because there's so much noise and there's so much information overload, it really takes a conscious effort from, I mean, most people, when they come to me, I have, I have in my inner compass book and I don't remember, I, there's a chapter on the inner compass in, in that, in the book we're talking this about. One, yeah. But, but I have this inner compass exercise where I, I say to people that every day it's a kind of mindfulness, as you're saying, that you have to take the time to stop looking at everything else out there, stop listening to everyone else, and just try to go within and, and ask yourself, does this situation feel loving and kind? Is this situation healthy? I mean, you can ask yourself these questions, and then you know the answer to that if it feels good or it doesn't feel good if you feel that it's in harmony with the highest and best for example your little story about going to the movie theater that didn't feel good I mean that's a perfect example of you know why why was it such bad energy what was that about and how do I tackle that so it it demands from us who are on this pathway that we 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 remind ourselves and we think about these things every single day 
So when, when I have clients, I don't just listen to them. They get homework every time they go to me, exercises, things that they have to work on, um, whether it's meditation or the inner compass or choosing more wisely, specific things to work on because our old programming has so much momentum that it takes a conscious decision on our part to, right. to change the momentum. We have to reprogram. I've been reprogramming my mind for a while now because <laughs> a, few years, a few years back, I got to tell you this, and I've told this to the audience. I went into a store and I said something that my mother would have said to the uh, sales <laughs> clerk. And I don't even know why it came out of my mouth or where it came from, but it just came out. And I was so embarrassed. And I thought, oh, I would never say that. Why did I say that? That was something my mom would say. But then I realized, this is a few years back, that it was the programming. And then I realized you have to start changing your thoughts because if you don't, you're going to continue on with that program. Yes, that's what I, exactly what I'm, you're absolutely right. It's the automatic, it's conditioned yeah. responses. And until yeah. you, I always say to people, as long as you are unconscious, as long as you're unaware of what you're doing, you can't do anything about it. It happens automatically. So, so waking up is about, first of all, taking your power back by becoming aware of this mechanism. If we don't understand the mechanism of mind, then we are, innocent victims of things we don't understand so so waking up is a process and it takes a lot of work i call it mental training in other words to practice observing what i've got going on and then to be able to ask yourself is this the highest good is this respectful is this behavior as you say what you just said is a perfect example of that automatic response that oh, somehow yeah. is in most of us we have those things mm -hmm. Well, it's so, interesting. You you you, real, you get older and you realize that, or hopefully you realize it, and then you go to change it. Um, you know, I want to bring up uh, the social media really quick because mm -hmm. what I've noticed from the social media, and I used to be like this too, but it took me a while. Everybody wants to be seen. Mm -hmm. yeah. Everybody wants to be seen. Everybody wants to be heard. Mm -hmm. But then, how can I say this? When you do connect with that higher power, you can say God, divine, whatever you want. You don't have that need as much. Can you talk about that? Why do you well, think? Again, again, what, what, as far as I can see, the, the, the desire for love and approval of other people, because yes. we've programmed the way we have been programmed, we, uh, we have the, our, our worthiness, and there's actually something in the book about it. it we have been programmed... I call it performance-based worth. As in other words, we're, we're, we're taught from an early age, you know, it's how good grades you get in school, how beautiful you are, how much money you have. It's all performance-based. Right. Our and society has done this though. Exactly. But the real, as I say, everyone has inherent worth. Inherent worth is your God-given nature. In other words, that you are a divine soul to begin with. You don't have to earn it. You don't have to... Prove yourself. Exactly. So so that's the difference between inherent worth and performance-based worth. And our society is almost a hundred percent driven by performance-based worth. That's how we we from an early age we learn to judge each other in that way. And it's it's terrible. It's driving everybody crazy. Well, yeah, and I see, and I just want to talk a little bit. I see a lot of this came from Hollywood. 
because mm-hmm. they put the shows together that they wanted to, this is what I think, and I want to know what you think, <laughs> to, to put this narrative out there, to make people think this way instead of thinking for themselves. What do you think about that? Yeah, but again, it, 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 I think it's more complicated than that because Hollywood is also reflecting back to what we've got going on. So in other words, if nobody bought the stuff, so, so again, it still comes back to what is it that I can do about these things? And what, what again, so, so we have to be the leaders uh, in this change. And it, it's not going to come from out there. It's going to come from in here. Yeah. So, 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 that, so again, so the fact that you can identify these trends, these, the, the way society is, that's a good thing because then you can do something different and you can speak up and add your voice to the voice. I mean, that's what you're doing, the high right. roads of humanity. That's what I'm doing when I write these books, trying right. to, to, to make this paradigm shift happen. But it demands that each one of us is a living, breathing example of it. Right. I want to ask you about, let's rewind a little bit. In your book, I just am so curious to hear what you say. So uh, relationships, siblings. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, God, I always put myself out there, but I have kids. I have two daughters and they don't always get along. But talk about the sibling um, relationships. Well, again, it's, sisters, you know, I mean, it, it's, it's really important to understand <clears throat> that even if one is in a biological relationship in other words your sisters your brothers your i mean that people are coming the soul comes in at different levels of consciousness so even in a family um i have three kids myself i mean they're so different i said the fact that that you know sometimes i have three sons like how could they possibly be so different the same father the same mother the same house the same food yeah but but there are other factors going on. The one is a creative soul. The one is very sensitive or the one is a mathematical. I mean, so, so, so it's really, I, I believe the myth of family is, it's very problematic for us because we think because we're in a biological relationship that we have a kinship and often we don't. Right. Thanks for saying that. Cause I agree with you. I was background. My my family had always had so much contempt for everything that I was doing, the yeah. spiritual path. And my own mother used to say, Oh, that's Barbara and her spiritual bullshit. I said, so so again, the levels of consciousness, just because it was a biological relationship, it wasn't my real family. I'm much more uh, in, in the family with you, for example, because yeah. we're okay. So so I always say to everyone, the myth of family is driving everyone crazy. Yes. Yes. I want to say, I agree with you. I agree with you because I am nothing like my sisters and I was nothing like my mom. My dad and I had a good relationship, but I don't even talk to my sisters anymore, which sounds may sound harsh to people, but I'm a different I'm at a different level. I have nothing in common in a so, so again, so the myth of family is something that gives so much anguish to so many people. Right, it's based on flawed premises. It's based on the premise that because we're biologically related, that we are supposed to get along (laughs) exactly, and it's we don't. Oh my god! So, so you gotta forget that one. I write about it a lot in this book about what I call the myth of family. So, so there's yeah, I know. So, so, so again, if we go back to the healthy models, it's based on 
the, the healthy functional relationship, the number one rule is respect, that we treat each other with respect. And then I say over and over again, it's really, really important to understand that love and agreement are two different things. A lot of people have the childish belief that if you love me, you'll do what I want. Yeah. And that's a childish belief. Yeah. In a mature relationship, it, you're able to say, I love you, sweetheart, and I have a different opinion. So so we have to be able to separate. And respect I, that opinion. Respect yeah, that opinion. Exactly. It goes back to respect again. Exactly. So we're back to, so I have, when I have couples there, I have couples who come to therapy also. They yeah. sit in chairs behind me. And yeah. I try to get them to, to be able to talk about the things that they disagree with. Uh, each other in a healthy respectful way and the ones who manage to do it their relationship gets better i love it well another thing you talk about this is a really good book you guys you got to check it out <laughs> but one thing you talked about was it hit home with me you can't make another person happy or unhappy and awesome. <laughs> that again is conditioning you know we are conditioned to think that we're supposed to like make our partner or our person happy but we're not and and we're not but, but the other thing that's really important to understand because it's a bit more subtle than just what what you're saying it is that usually okay. if it's our partner or so on each person has their own programming and if they like something that makes them happy and if they don't like it it makes them unhappy so in other words in every situation you have an event and then you have how do we relate to this event so it, people have the idea, you know, that if you do this or you like this, that, that it's because of something that happened out there, but it's because of the way you interpret things, that you experience things as you do. Okay. But if you're in a, in a close relationship, say with your husband or your partner or your child, you know this person very well, so you know their belief system. So therefore, you know what that person would like you to do so you can make them happy. And we fall into that. Yes. Because then we become like this people pleaser doormat syndrome where you, you give up your own right to be yourself, to have your own feelings and opinion, because you know, if I want to please him or her, that I should do this, that, and the other. So again, when people come- We lose me, ourselves. We lose we ourselves. We lose ourselves. And that's, again, there's, there's several chapters in this book about that, how to take your power back and how to be assertive and set healthy boundaries in a respectful, constructive way. I'm not, I never say to people that you should be a bitch and you shouldn't be kind, but you can be assertive and in a good way. I agree with you. And I, I always say that too. We're on the same page as far as that goes. Because <laughs> you can be assertive and be kind about it. You don't have to be nasty. You don't have to curse. You don't have to be, you know, you mm -hmm. can be assertive and be kind at the same mm -hmm. time. And it's that's so it's yeah. so important what you're saying. I have a chapter where I, it's called, it's not so much what you say, but how you say it. It's exactly what you're saying, that you can set a healthy boundary, you can be assertive, and you can do it in a respectful, kind way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, you talk about learning to take better care of ourselves. And mm -hmm. it's true. You know, mm -hmm. we're always expecting, you know, again, a lot of people are looking to the outside. And, you know, it took me a long time. I'll just speak for myself and you can tell me for you, you know, to learn to do things for myself. I was a workaholic and I had to literally say, okay, no, go do this for you. You know, mm -hmm. you have to consciously say, no, I'm going to not do this. I'm going to do this for myself. And that's mm -hmm. a 
do you run across that a lot where people are just all the time i mean people have, have really really don't have a strong sense of what's good for them when to say no uh, and they that's why i mean i have a lot of people who come here because they're they're on sick leave because they're stressed out of their minds and that's always what you're talking about that they have neglected themselves they haven't had healthy boundaries about what they would do and wouldn't do they haven't taken time for themselves so it's all connected. It's all connected. So, so your inner worth is also reflected in how you treat other people. They, they do go together. Healthy self-care also, it, it automatically happens that you, you're also kind to other people. Why wouldn't you be? Yeah. Well, and you can tell when someone lashes out. Now I can't, of course, I'm in a different place. But when someone lashes out, you know, I, t I can tell they're unhappy and they don't like my light. Mm. And that's happened a lot um, mm. since I have, you know, and I think a lot of people have that. If you're a bright light, it seems like we're really getting the, <laughs> the brunt of it out there. Have you experienced that as well? I want to know. Well, I, I think that if you're a bright light, you're also an, in, a, a great inspiration to other people. I mean, I know when people come to me, uh, usually when they start working on these things with me, the most amazing things happen in their lives. And so, so it, it's also contagious being a bright light. It's a good thing. It's uh, a good so thing. But I mean, when you go out into the world, you don't have, see, now what I do is you're going to laugh. I'm into energy. Are you into energy, Barbara? I bet you it's are. It's all energy. It's all energy. So now what I do, I'll teach the audience this. I push out my love and light. Mm -hmm. I get in the car. And I push out the love and light. And then I make evergreen light. Okay. <laughs> then I go, I get everything I'm looking for at the grocery store or wherever I'm going. Now, if I forget to push out that love and light, it's a different, because yesterday when I went to the movies, I didn't push out the love and light. <laughs> but That's I'm really, really good what you're saying. I mean, again, the more aware you are of this, I mean, again, you're a very powerful being, but that's a wonderful thing. You should celebrate it every day, right? I do. I do. Good. <laughs> no, I just want the world, you know, I think I'm going to save the world here, Barbara, but I just want, don't you feel like this sometimes if you could just get everybody to wake up? And to connect. but again, so, but again, getting real, I call my approach getting, getting real. Yes, you do. <laughs> so, so this about, you know, I, I definitely agree with you. I would like everyone to wake up right now, but what is it that I, I actually, I can tell you a story that really apropos what we're talking about. Right. This book just came out and you know, where I live here in Europe, there's a war in Ukraine, really terrible yeah. things. And it's not very far from where I live. And about a week ago, I got an email from a very big publisher in Ukraine. I have a, I have been writing about, you know, how can we help? What can we do to support the people in Ukraine and all that? But anyway, I got an email from a very big publisher in Ukraine who said that he had just discovered my book, Healthy Models, and that he wanted to publish it in Ukraine because he thought my explanation of the democratic principles would support them in their fight for freedom because that's what they're fighting for. Oh my God. God and God. I, so I wrote back to him and said, I, I was just so moved by that. And I said, oh yes, of course, I would be so honored. And yeah. I have given it to him for free. They don't have to pay me for it because I want to do this. In answer to your question, the uh, when we get an opportunity to serve and spread the light, yes, it's great. So I have been putting out 
my hope that, you know, please show me how I can support the people in Ukraine. And it came to me in an email that I can do this. That is, that's amazing. Well, I want to ask you, we've been on for a while, but I want to ask you before (laughs) we get out of here today. I know you and I could just talk forever and there's so much information in here, you guys. It's really cool. And what's it like where you are? Are people waking up? I want to hear about you know, the energy, are they starting to realize these things? What do you see? Well, the thing about the Scandinavian, I live in Scandinavia, uh, and it's a a more equal, homogeneous society than the United States. The divisions that we have in the United States right now are are so blatant. Oh, yeah. I mean, the society here is more, you know, we have universal health care. They have free college education. So many of the things that are really problematic in the United States that people are really struggling with, this societies here in Scandinavia, they have already worked that out. So, so there's universal education, free university, free healthcare. Uh, so so, so it, 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 minim, it makes the tensions between the different- Dangerous things. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So, and- and in, in all of these sort of studies about, you know, where the most happy people are, it's always the people in Scandinavia, but it's probably because the outer conditions are more smooth here. I know, to, I know when I first came to, to Scandinavia, after all my dramatic things happening in the United States, I was really, really surprised how different it is here. So, so it's quite, there's quite a few things that I mean, the Scandinavians can learn from the Americans, but the Americans could learn from the Scandinavians. So it's not quite the same as it is in the States. Yeah. And I bet they, and what do you, what do they think about what's going on? The craziness. I mean, when you watch the craziness happening, I mean, honest to God, going on. And I guess my biggest thing since I saw this movie yesterday is, uh, and I want to know what you, I'm just going to ask you because you're in another country, but there's all this, trafficking of human trafficking Mm -hmm. that has come about and all these um people who have come to the united states like right now and you've probably heard this it's been in the news there are eighty five thousand children unaccounted for right now Mm -hmm. but i mean it's the same europe has also the the migrant crisis that from the middle east it's exactly the same as in the united states and the people in europe are also struggling with I mean, again, what do we do about this? People, I mean, if you say at the border of the southern border of America, it's yeah. just like the southern border here in Europe. It's the same thing. People really? drowning in the Mediterranean, people coming from Iran, Iraq, uh, Afghanistan, smuggled in, and then you've got the North Africa. So it's, I mean, the, the world is, it's the same thing. I mean, the planet Earth is really, really in dire crisis. And we have the climate change. We have all of these things happening at the same time. And then here in Europe, we have a terrible war. That Putin has invaded another country and killing people there every day. I mean, it's just insane. And so- You're close. Yeah, and you're close everywhere by. We look, everywhere we look. So again, wherever you are, whatever yeah. you do, please do it. Right. Well, I'm going to tell you what I think, and then I'll let you leave the audience with your opinion. (laughs) I feel that if we all go within, just like you and I've been talking about, and we raise our vibrations, that these things will subside and things will be better. 
but and I don't mean to sound Pollyanna about it. I really believe that. I really believe it too. Do I you? Believe yes, absolutely. That's the only thing we can do. I would like to say also before we say goodbye that um, I'm I'm giving away a free ebook. Oh, cool! And so if any, and it's a short introduction to the power of the mind and many of the things I teach. It's called the Mental Laws: Understanding the Way the Mind Works. And if you go in on my website, you will see on the front. What's your page, website? What's your website? Yeah, the website is www.beamteam. B-E-A-M-T-E-A-M dot Beam team. Yeah, we're the beam team. We're here to beam you up. <laughs> I love it. That's so awesome. Okay. But if you if you send me an email to Great. info at beamteam.com. Okay. And all you have to do is write in the subject line, the mental laws. Okay. Mental we will laws. send you your free ebook within 24 hours. I love and this it. is a short introduction to many of the things we've been talking about the power of the mind the power of focus how you can use it to improve your life improve your health improve your situation okay so I would put that in the I'll put that in all the comments and stuff how do people get in touch with you if they really want can they go through the website if they yeah, want go to, to the website questions? and also just just so everybody knows I I have sessions with zoom like we're doing now with right. people all over the world so if you would like to have a Talk with me, send me an email again, the same email address, info at beamteam.com. I will get it. Uh, and going on the website, you can see all the books we talked about. Uh, you can you can see about my sessions. The videos will put, put you and me up once we've talked. So there's a lot of stuff you can look at and join in if you would like. I'd be very happy to hear from everyone. Yeah, I got to give you credit. I mean, you really have spent your whole life trying to help humanity you really have i mean thank you god bless <laughs> yeah i mean and and as far as the people go in ukraine are there people coming over to scandinavia yes they do i, I actually am coaching someone from ukraine for free because that's another way that i can help, help. them so 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 in other words uh europe has been flooded with when putin invaded ukraine several million people fled right away the, especially women and the men couldn't, but the women and children. So there are lots of, also here in Denmark, Ukrainians who are, we take them in and try to help them. So that's wonderful. Up, up close and personal, it's really a lot of heavy stuff going on. You'll have to come back and see us again. <laughs> I'd be most happy to come back anytime you'd like. We have many things. We just got started. Now. I know. We could talk for hours. Her book is called Healthy Models for Relationships. The basic mm -hmm. principles, you guys, behind good relationships with your partner, family, parents, children, friends, colleagues, and all the other people in your <laughs> life. It's by Barbara Berger. Barbara, it's been a pleasure. You're just amazing. And thank you for coming on the high road. Today. Thank you for having me. And we'll talk again soon. <laughs> yes, we will. All right, you guys, if you want an angel reading, go to my website, nancyyearout.com. You can book your date and time. I've got all the cool um, messages up there from Archangel Gabriel. Just so you know, the podcast is there. I just redid my website. The podcast is there. The YouTube channel is there. My blog is there. So definitely check out my website. Barbara Berger, it's been a pleasure. Everybody take care. I'm going to get out of here. Have a terrific weekend and God bless.